Hey everybody, it is Monday, April 22nd, 2013, as we're recording this. Uh, it won't be Monday, April 22nd, 2013, as we're airing this, because we're doing something that we've never done before. We're recording a Monday show in glorious Pantone Technicolor. It's going to sound so great. We're doing it in, are we doing it in 3D? Did we spring for the 3D? Yeah, we're also doing it in video. Ooh, I thought we were just going to be coming at y'all in stereo. Mm. And riding that thing like a rodeo. No, it's it's vital to me, and the whole reason that I wanted to move away from actually live broadcasting this, that you be able to see my balls while we do the show. Hmm. I think it just adds that warmth. It adds that human touch to the whole thing. Yeah, the human touch right on the balls. <laughs> I have uh, I often picture your balls as we do the show. Oh, well, that's just because you are always awake while we do the show, and 90% of the time that you're awake, you're picturing my balls. Yeah, it's that... Well, I think that uh, Cosmo magazine did that study where they found out that m- men are constantly thinking about balls. Huh. That's... Boy, the Doctor Who needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so was that like an action figure on your desk? <laughs> uh, no, that was my phone that I forgot to turn off. Oh, I see. It rings Doctor Who. It's, it would be uh... great if it, if it actually rang Doctor Who and that it called him and then I could just chat with Doctor Who. Yeah. That would be pretty tight. But, but if that happened whenever anybody was trying to get a hold of you, it would get awkward like if a relative died. Yeah. Well, I think it would be better to just have, you know, like David Tennant breaking the news. Like, hey, uh, th- this phone call was actually from your mum. Mm. And your she mom wanted, is what he would say. She wanted to knock you up and tell you that your, your dad's died. Knock My, you up. Is that what they say? Yeah, well, if you're going to, like, come around to somebody's house in the morning, you're going to knock them up oh. in the morning. Well, I mean, that's just because what you do is you're the you're the milkman, but you deliver man milk. <laughs> I'm going to come around and knock you up in the morning. Muscle milk. Man, uh, mu- how you man, been, Mr. man muscle milk, I suppose. <sighs> what have we been up to? Seems like stuff. Uh, digging ourselves out of uh, a bullshit of snow, I believe, is what really? we've been doing. Yeah, I, I think that's what you call it when you get more than... Like, the technical term for that much snow in April is a bullshit of snow. I'm assuming we have the same conversation every year, but uh, I observed today that I think that it is officially too hot to keep wearing pants. Hmm. We should be... By Friday, we should be in the 60s. So, it'll be the right temperature to wear bell bottoms. Mm-hmm. And, uh... But uh, right now, yeah, it is like 40 degrees out and then drops to 30 and snows. A couple of days ago, it snowed a good eight inches. So we had a day of making snowmen and whatnot with the boy. But then uh, it all melted and now it's snowing another six to eight inches tonight. And I I could do without it. I miss it so much. I know I would get sick of it if I actually had to shovel it. Right, and, and there's no fucking way I'm sno- I'm shoveling this stuff. It's like, nature will be the shovel. Sure. like Just like the entirety of outdoors is nature's bathroom, the sun is nature's snow shovel. Yeah. But I, I, you know, like, I moved here knowing that it has weather, and I like having four seasons, but I would like to move on to the next one, maybe, if that's at all possible. Yeah, I think... When people say they want four seasons, what they want is, like, five months and two weeks of summer, five months and two weeks of spring, and then two weeks each of autumn and winter. 
I could go for a full like month of autumn, which is yeah. kind of what we get. I mean, sub well September through like mid to late November tend to be feel like fall, and then right around Thanksgiving is when it starts frosting at night and maybe the first snow. We're supposed to stop with the snow round about the end of March. Frosting at night is my competitor. He's the one who he's the one who knocks up his clients in the evening. <laughs> is that what Jack Frost is? There's like an an off in yeah. the middle of Jack uh, Frost's there's name. There's Jack Frost all over this sheet. <laughs> uh, um, I'm trying to think. I don't think that I did anything except sort of work and putter around the house. The 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 lady friend was out of town. She went to her internet friends club meeting in the in the depths of Kentucky, Tennessee. Where's Chattanooga? Chattanooga, Tennessee. Tennessee. I I know it's in the six five thousand uh, uh, ancient area code. That's the show on the History Channel, right? Ancient area codes. Yeah, it's a surprisingly short show. Yeah, Hammurabi had ancient hoes in ancient area codes. He also had a strict laws about how you should hoe your fields, depending on which area code you're in. Yeah, Hammurabi's area code, I guess, is where I. Yeah. Um. That must have been where my mind went to find Hammurabi, but I wasn't thinking of Hammurabi's code. I was thinking of his chode and how he used it on the ancient hose and ancient area codes. Um, yeah, I'd, I kind of dicked around the house. I, I, I decided that... I realized this once every couple of years. When I, go, when I go like a full six months just without taking care of any of my normal adult responsibilities... Like, when I just become, like, entirely focused on work and just let everything else slide, I slowly get more and more and more stressed out. Oh, yeah, yeah. About, you know, because, I, like, I, there's a part of me that knows. There's a, it, there's a part of me that is always going to be the, like, fuck, there's that overdue book in the bottom of my locker, and I'm just going to leave it there instead of dealing with it, and it is just going to become this soul-crushing cognitive burden. Like, it's going to be the thing that keeps me up at night. So I've been working on stuff. I made an appointment to get my car serviced. That, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. That light's, that light's been on for a while. Every time <laughs> I go to and from work, I'm like, yep, mate wrecked. It sure is. But you know what I always say? If it mate wrecked, won't fix it. Damn, that was exactly what I was about to say. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we're buddies like that. And I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I worked out how to get my mortgage being paid again. So that was fun. Well, that's handy because then you get to still live in your house. Yeah, it was not the one that I live in. That one, that one's still fine. I don't remember if I. I, I know I talked about it on a podcast, but I don't think it, I, I might not have been this one. I, w- I was running into this problem where a company had bought another one of my mortgages when it already has one, and so they kept calling me saying, "You're late, you're late, you're late." But when I called them, it would connect to my older mortgage, and they're like, "No, you're cool." But then they just kept having this robot call me every single day, and it turns out that I had been... They had bought a mortgage and not brought the auto payment over, and so I was delinquent by a few months. Do they have a... Was it White Rabbit Mortgage Company? And that's Mm. why they kept telling you you were late? No, no. I thought maybe there really was a White Rabbit. Uh, You know, and what I did was I searched on the internet for how how to get a person on the phone with this company... And it just listed a number you could call and a magic code to type in. And it fucking works. Like, within seconds, I was talking to somebody. And, like, 
I don't know that it had ever occurred to me to use that resource before, but there's a website called gethuman.com, uh-huh. which uh, is just like crowdsourced how to get around automated phone systems. That is the Lord's work. That's what that is. Yeah. I mean, it's only going to work until enough people find out about it that they start putting countermeasures in place. But, sure. you know, until then. It, it sucked. Like, I, my plan, if I hadn't found that, was to just, like, hope that before they foreclosed on the mortgage, they would actually send someone so that I could talk to them. Right. Like, I submitted a, I submitted a thing that was like, like, I went to their website and I put in a thing like, hey, I need to talk to a person. Like, your system is acting goofy, and I'm pretty sure I know what's going on, but I can't actually deal with it through any of the automated stuff. I need a person to call me. And they sent back an email saying, oh, hey, give us a call at this number. And I called that number, and it was exactly the same menu with no option to talk to a person. Like Jesus. Yeah. So, anyway, that's taken care of. And I even talked to a guy today who I, it seems like I might actually be able to refinance that one at the crazy, crazy low interest rates that they got right now. No kidding. That's great. Well, because that, that, that one's I'm not, upside, I'm not upside down on it. Hmm. On that one, so the, the ones that the ones that I actually have equity in, I can I can refi the office it, and that first house. Uh, that it's the first house. Yep. And uh, you know, I didn't know because I I just had them both on auto payment, and so I'm like, I, okay, so they bought one of the two mortgages that I had with Bank of America, but I don't know which house it is. Because hmm. you know they're just two lines with random numbers on them on my online banking. I think that that would like I understand the the actual seriousness of the situation, but it does sound like a first world problem meme. My mortgage got sold. Not sure which house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, it does. I mean, but it just goes to show you how bad of an idea it is for me to own any. Now, I'm not sure which of the which of the decaying, terrible investments, you know, which of the which of these like albatrosses that were supposed to be the insurance of our company's future. So, like, you think I should be paying attention to that shit, you know? Making sure that they don't lose value faster than they are on their own. Yeah, I mean, when you get into it, it's not like, which of my mansions is this bank trifling with? It, it is a little more dire than that, I'll give you that. Yeah, but I mean, it also wasn't, like, a lot of people would panic. You know, Emily was freaking out. She was like, man, you gotta take care of this. I'm like, eh, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> You know, just like my mom with the stupid photo radar tickets. You gotta pay that. Why? Because it says you have to. Yeah, but who wrote it? Like, I'm telling you. The proper response to almost everything is to just ignore it. Hmm. But then every once in a while it catches up with you. Not in any real way. Although I guess the mortgage thing would have eventually caught up with me in a real way. But like, it just... Like, the weight of my own irresponsibility became a real factor in injuring my moment-to-moment happiness. Yeah, that's uh, that's what happened with my credit cards. That I just ignored them until my credit was just absolutely shredded. So I had to buy a car at twenty five percent interest. Yeah, that's a hard hole to claw your way out of. Like, I don't know. I was I uh, I, I a buddy of mine, like just a, like a drinking buddy. One of the pranksters guys recently took over his. Uh, well, is in the process of taking over for his dad at, at uh, this Merrill Lynch branch. And, it, like, you know, we went out to lunch, and the, the, 
the context of the going out to lunch was, I think, like, hey, I'm I'm a new guy at this investment place. I'm wondering, uh, you got anybody paying attention to your money for you? Um, <laughs> You know, but then he wasn't actually allowed to ask, so it got to the point where, like, the old, the old, old, like, savings investment account that I set up that I basically like that was what I lost in the divorce was just all of the money that I had socked away for myself, and I had hmm. just been kind of letting it sit there with almost nothing in it. So now nah, I'm actually maybe doing something, actually saving some money, actually putting away some money for my own future. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I told him. The only thing that I want is to not ever own any Walmart stock and to not do something. I don't want to put money in any financial instrument that you couldn't readily explain to a 15-year-old. Like, a 15-year-old understands a government bond. A 15-year-old understands buying stock in a company. Right. But, like, I want to not make the world worse, and I want, to, I want you to be able to explain it in comprehensible terms. Right. You know? So... Nothing that, nothing that like, is is built on the principle of making poor people poor. Yeah, so you're trying to avoid the kind of weird credit swaps and tranches and the whatnots and the workforce. I, I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, the last time I talked, to, I talked to the guy who was in charge of that account. Who I th- I think it was one of those things where like I wasn't really supposed. I wasn't really like. The, the investment account that I had was like the bank that my mom worked at. It was what their employees' retirement accounts were in. So it was like a thing that I wasn't really supposed to be there. And then there were some restructuring where that guy wasn't really managing that anymore. But it still, it just sat there because neither of us did anything about it. And I went and talked to him and I was like, yeah, man, well, I should probably pay attention to my finances. Like, what should I be doing with this? And he came up with this whole plan. Sounded real sketchy. It was like, like, I understood it when he was explaining it to me, but it sounded like just some sort of martingale thing where it's like, what we're doing is we are buying the rights to purchase stock in the future. And so what we're hoping for is that the stock will have lost a very small amount of money. No, we're not buying. We're, we're buying them, but at the end of the term, the person who bought them is forced or the person we sold them to is forced to buy them back or something I, yeah I don't know what it is but it was basically like I was like this sounds like the fucking martingale system it's like what we do is we try to reliably get a really really small return over and over and over again but the first time any one of those things actually gains value we lose it all hmm it was like, well, yeah, but you don't put everything into one thing. You spread it out. You know, you do that with a hundred different things. So the only way that you lose everything is if all of a sudden everything gets more valuable. Like, I understand. And, and luckily, the first step in that process was apparently sending me a fucking sheaf of forms to fill out, which I'm just not going to do. <laughs> which is what I told, this is what I told my buddy. I'm like, I, like, we're both, we're both, you know internet dudes me and me and this guy and I'm like I, I'd like to maybe you know I'll sign something like if you send me something in the mail with a little sticker that says sign here I'll do it but if you give me a thing that I have to write like five numbers in it's just going in a tray and stay in there forever He's <laughs> like, yep I got it we got we got girls in the office that do that like alright I like the cut of this outfit's jib already 
Did he actually say we have girls in the office that do that? Yeah, he did. Is it the 50s? <laughs> yeah. Agency.com? Well, I mean, I think it's just there are, there are like, they have secretary. They don't have to be girls. They just are. Yeah. Right. Like the, the investment guys have people whose job it is to do like tasks that they can do so that the guys can, you know, go play golf with people. Yeah. Try to make the big deals. So yeah, I don't know. I'm counting on I'm counting on this guy's I trust him to act in his own self interest and I think he's pretty intimidated by his dad, so I I, I am expecting him to try his damnedest to do a good job. Right. As an investment guy, so hopefully hopefully I won't uh, end up eating cat food thirty years down the line. Unless I want to. Yeah, I was going to say, there could be advances in cat food that would make that a really stellar proposition. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, cat food might be the only real food left. The rest of us might get our nutrition from pills. Yeah. It might be the only thing that Monsanto hasn't messed up with its Mm -hmm. genetically modified modifying. Man, wouldn't it be funny if Monsanto was just an old reggae dude? Uh, (laughs) At Christmas time? Yeah. I was kind of thinking that every time I see that, I think of a professional like Mexican lucha libre me- wrestler. So it f- it feels less threatening. They're like Monsanto takes over ninety percent of world's food supply. Like yeah, he does because he can throw that elbow, and he can do the people's drop. And yeah, he that? takes over the world's food supply. Of course he does. What does that word even? It's like Monsanto Saint Mountain. No, it's just the name of that company. Well, but it's got to be somebody's name, right? Yeah. That doesn't seem like the kind of, you know... It's got too many letters in it to be a company that somebody chose the name of. Uh, Maybe the guy who founded it woke up that morning and uh, he and his wife were lying naked in bed and he noticed that on his wife's mons pubis there was an ant. Mm -hmm. And he went, ah, mons mons ant. ant. Oh. (laughs) Yep. Ah, uh, man. History there was, was made. There was a, uh, there was some, like, a business, it was like a restaurant that we would walk past the last time we were in San Francisco that every time I would just recite the beginning of an elegy that was an anagram of the name of the restaurant that started with O. That is, that that form is like God's gift to anagrammers because it just makes the O it makes any O in any phrase optional for palindroming or for palindrome for anagramming yeah they have the, like sing to me O muse yeah lovely well you know the chairman president and CEO of Monsanto is a guy named Hugh Grant that bastard yeah Man, I, he was so charming. He just flutters his eyelashes and all of the genes in the corn rearrange themselves. Yeah, he kind of stammers. Oh, Monsanto was founded in 1901 in St. Louis by John Francis Queenie, uh, who is that guy uh, who is uh, uh, infamous for if you type his name into Word and then swap to Wingdings, it presages September 11th. <laughs> um. I'm a bad liberal when it comes to Monsanto, because I just don't care about genetically modified food. 
Yeah. I and mean, I know that I'm supposed to, and everybody else seems really upset about it, so I don't ever post in the things going, Jesus Christ, I don't give a fuck what they're modifying in the genes of our food. Fuck it. But that's what I think in my head. Yeah, I don't, I don't, ha- I don't really have enough. What I, what I don't agree, like, so, so it, it is impossible to actually evaluate from what anybody says because there is like this any science that you don't understand is a is a sort of a grim specter right yeah to to a lot of people you know R- rachel who i i i trust to know about food is really really down on genetically modified crops and will always find the things that say like no they give you cancer and like they they full on might right oh, sure like sure. the 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 it, it's I don't trust an outfit that big to make decisions based on public safety, right? It's like doesn't pay anything to make decisions based on public safety. You know, they would probably own slaves if it, if they could. No, absolutely. They would absolutely own slaves if they could because they have more than like 11 employees. But it's what I don't like is how much of the arguments in that sphere are predicated on any genetic modification of organisms is bad because that is just flat out not fucking true. It, that is yeah. that is an indefensible statement. Even if every single instance of it that we've had so far was totally bad and evil, you still can't make the claim that as a concept, the modification of the genes of organisms is bad because it encompasses all manner of things that we have yet to even consider. I mean, is it is it not true that the a lot of the wheat that kept the world from starving was modified and you know, like the in the crude genetics of the back in the day, the like grafting and selecting. Yeah. The, the reason why people, you know, millions of people worldwide sure. didn't starve was making wheat more resilient and able to grow in other places. Yeah, I mean, you also you run into you run into problems with a monoculture, right? Like you run into the problem where like bananas as our grandparents knew them are extinct. Right. And we have a different kind of banana. Like I don't know if the potato famine was attributable to a monoculture or not. Um but I think it's categorically different and, and I think it is reasonable for people to argue that it's categorically different to breed out to breed strains of things right like to to get oh well we realized that the neighbor's crops yielded a lot more grain than ours did so hey can we borrow some of your seeds or you know i had one and the neighbor two doors down had one and the ones in the middle germinated all fucking crazy and they're you know super delicious wheat so let's like let's keep that one going that is different than like the the thing that Monsanto does that I that I that I think is actually pretty gross is they will they will find a portion of the plant's genome that they don't think does anything and they will <clears throat> they will replace it with like something from a silverfish or something uh-huh. so that it not not because it actually expresses in the nature of the organism but so they can identify it so that they can like take a sample of somebody's wheat, look at it under a microscope, and say, "This is our wheat. Like this wheat is patented to us, and you didn't buy it from us, and you're growing it. 
this is you know this is this is against the law and that like no amount of 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 selective breeding of crops is going to put silverfish genes into wheat right yeah like i don't care how sexy that wheat is yeah i don't even know what a silverfish is so it's but, a bug but it's that but it's that kind of shit right and 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 it's like yeah yeah you know well and i think the practice that bugged me was the we want to sell farmers new seeds every year so we're going to make we're going to take out the part of the thing that allows these the plants to drop new seeds and yep. uh there was a huge uproar about that so then they just said okay well we're we're going to de de-sterilize the plants but you agree when you buy the seeds that you're not going to plant them twice so you you still have to buy your seeds from us every year and that's kind of eh. that's the thing it's they're they are I mean, much that's more the free dangerous market, as a business right yeah exactly like they're much more dangerous as a business than they are as as mad scientists is mm-hmm. the thing right and and it's like eh, i don't know you know you read you read michael pollan which you know not exactly unbiased but uh, it feels unbiased so that's all it really counts right like, yeah, eh, he reminds me of a guy that I like, so I'm going to trust him. But it's, you know, a lot of a lot of problems, a lot of health problems that are, you know, like in in 30 years at current rates of progression, 100 percent of black women will be morbidly obese. All right. And a lot of that is because there's too much corn and a lot of that is because of Monsanto. Sure. You know, and, and just just a combination of bad policies and and uh, I guess I guess failure to regulate capitalism. It just sucks because the, so many you know this is this is like the gun thing. Like so many of the principles that, like, <sighs> regulation tends to cause these shitty situations in the middle of things when it is inapplicable to the low end and because of evasion and loopholes doesn't apply to the high end where it would actually be the biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I just had seen today somebody posted this like list of you of all the foods you shouldn't buy because they're in some way associated with Monsanto or GMO. And it was a list of everything that's in a grocery store <laughs> it's just like I'm pretty sure we're gonna be okay everything that's in a grocery store in terms of what like like everything that's in the cereal aisle everything that's in the soda aisle everything you know like everything that's not fresh produce pretty much yeah and I'm not willing to go that route yeah I mean that's the thing like I understand that that is really what you're supposed to do Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I don't think that I or anybody else is really going to do, do that. I mean, like, I'm not going to watch the, well, there's <clears throat> Forks Over Knives, and then there's the other, what is the other one that everybody watches and then says, like, it totally changed the way they ate I have no idea. I've never even heard of Forks <clears throat> Over Knives. Oh, there are, like, a, there are a couple of documentaries about food one of them is michael pollan's latest one i think mm. 
And but anything anybody I've tells heard me, people like, say that about fast food nation. Like, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, no, I don't know. It was some book that Kevin read that made him just... He just, like, decided that he wasn't going to eat at national fast food chains anymore. Uh-huh. And and did. I mean, it's just, like, you know, seven, eight years ago. I mean, I can dig that. But the people who are like, God, I watched this documentary, and now I'm never going to eat meat anymore, and I'm not going to eat any wheat anymore. And it's like, okay, well, what I'm not going to do anymore is watch that watch documentary. Watch that documentary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, 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 I knew a girl here in, in the sort of local bar scene who was like, yeah, I watched this thing, and it was I really like animals, and it was really gross, so now I'm a vegan. And I'm like, you're going to regret saying that out loud, because <laughs> you're, you're, you think so? you're going to eat less meat over time. But also one time that girl made a lamb dinner that was so fucking good. And I was just like, oh, man, you can't stop eating meat. Like, it's just it is a fucking crime for you to not cook meat because you're really good at it. And uh, she wasn't having any of it at the time. But, you know, I think that that has worn off like everything does. Yeah, most of the people I knew who were vegan back in the day are not anymore. I mean, I, I read The Omnivore's Dilemma. And it did change the way that I think about food. And I'll happily talk to people about it. But it changed it in fairly subtle ways that are still... You know, so like, when I buy Triscuits, I I started buying the rye Triscuits. Because the plain ones are not as good as any of the other varieties, right? But all of the, all of the other varieties except the rye ones have like a crazy long list of ingredients because it's like, well, this is just this is garden herb and garlic or whatever, and so it's like not actually herbs. It's just a bunch of like powdered chemicals that taste like herbs. Which I don't know if those are bad for you. I don't particularly care. But basic guideline of if if you look at the ingredients list of something and you don't recognize. If there are, like, ten things on there and six of them are things that you have no idea what the fuck they are, like, maybe move on to something that just has a list of ingredients that you do understand what they are. You know? Yeah. I'm not gonna, like... I'm not gonna quit eating sugar, but I'm not gonna, like... I probably will never buy a loaf of white bread again. You know? Yeah. Because it's like, you know, I, I don't need my bread to have a bunch of sugar added to it. And and like bleach, right? Right? Like th- this is for a while. We were white bread, and then switched to the whole grain white. But I always still just kind of hated it, and was relieved when we could get to the adult breads that are like the shorter, wider loaves. Yeah, with the twelve or fifteen or eighteen grains or whatever. Yep, because they don't turn into like mush and stick to the back of your teeth. Yeah, like white bread yeah, does. Yeah. In addition to being full of the ingredients that, and I totally agree on that one. Like when I'm trying to buy stuff for Ollie, I'll look and see if it has a bunch of ingredients that I don't know what it is, or if the first three ingredients are sugar, high fructose corn syrup, and corn syrup. Yep. Like Jesus. I have a feeling that if I had a kid, by and large, what I would feed the kid was fruit. Yeah, I mean we do, but. It's hard to deny your kid fruit snacks, because that's a thing that all kids eat. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. So we just... But when I looked at most of them, they were basically candy. 
So we had to go, I had to try and find one where the first ingredient, two ingredients weren't sugar and corn syrup. Right. <laughs> so just vitamins. It's just Flintstones chewy vitamins. You just give him an entire, an entire bottle of them for a snack. Well, I felt bad because he's like, hey, Papa, can we get the ones with Mario on them? I'm like, that's super cool. And look at the ingredients. Nope. The, the My Little Pony ones were actually had the fruit juice as the first ingredient. Mm. So he had the My Little Pony ones for a while. No, and I was talking about, like, before a kid can express a preference, right? Like, I don't... Oh, yeah, we didn't give him anything that had any ingredients that we didn't just put there by hand, you know? Yeah. I, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say... It's hard to say, like, how well I'm going to stick to my principles when they run up against convenience. Uh-huh. B- because I don't... You know, I... I don't have enough of a sweet tooth that, like, only sparingly drinking soda or only sparingly eating a candy bar is a problem for me, right? Right. You know, if it was if it was hard, I probably couldn't pull it off. But, but you know, I feel like with a kid, you have this you have this awesome opportunity to like, you know, not program somebody to crave just super calorie dense bullshit yeah 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 we could we can keep him away from twinkies and doritos and shit like that like there are people who continue to be surprised when we go on occasion to like a chipotle or a even mcdonald's you know i'll take him to mcdonald's i don't give a fuck Kids should have McDonald's every now and again. Yep. But they get surprised when I don't get him a soda. It's like, he's four years old. No, he doesn't need any sugar or any caffeine in addition to what he's already getting. Like, that's insane to me that you would give a kid, like, under the age of 10 a soda. It's like, because he doesn't give a fuck if he doesn't get one. So why would I just... Why would I force that into his lexicon? Yeah, does that last until you, uh... Until he starts going over to other kids' houses? Probably. And but my, then again, my I'm... Mom, my mom drank. And, and you know, honestly, I was proud of my mom. Like, my mom gave up soda, like, a month ago. Nice. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, my mom has always drunk a ton of soda. Like, she just was... She, she just really liked Coca-Cola, you know? And so there was always soda around when I was a kid, and so, and I like I ha- I was I was a scrawny kid, so, and I barely ate, so I think that, you know my parents were like, yeah, whatever, he should, if there's something that he wants to consume, he should consume it, and it didn't catch up with me until my thirties. Yeah, but, no, um, I'll tell you what. Speaking of my mom, I gotta go and meet my mom for dinner in an hour and fifteen minutes, so we should probably wrap this up within an hour so do you want to start answering some questions sure uh do you want to do a little break in the recording for uh, that? all right so we, uh, we 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 made it through half of the second list of 100 questions on the thursday show and so oh, lovely. we would pick up uh well there were three of us all right, so, Mr. Cracks, 100-question marathon. 51, what's the farthest away place you've been? I checked, and uh, it's Dresden. Hmm. Mine is probably uh, 
Paris or London, whichever one is farther away from here. I think Paris is further east. Actually, Moscow is a, is farther than both of them. Oh, yeah, so Moscow. yeah, wow, yeah. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Uh, 52, when's the last time you ate a homegrown tomato? <sighs> they're, uh, August? Yeah. They're, no, se- September. Uh, it's probably been way longer for me because when, when I was... When I was a kid and there were a lot of homegrown tomatoes to be had, I hated tomatoes. Uh. 53, have you ever won a trophy in real life? Yeah, I, I uh, recently in cleaning up my garage, I found the box of trophies that, uh, that uh, I had. I had some sort of a participation softball trophy, a yeah. third place in a Pinewood Derby trophy from Boy Scouts, and then a whole bunch of debate trophies from high school. I think the... Well, I had a couple of medals from choir, but uh, I think the only trophy I had was the first place in the school spelling bee in, what, sixth grade, which I then promptly went to the regionals and missed it on frontispiece. Oh. It was just a word I had never seen before. Yeah, that is. Frontispiece. I I I don't think I knew that word until after college. Although after I had, you know, got eliminated and been bummed out in the car and everything, I opened the book that I was reading on the way to the fucking spelling bee and on the page that I was on was, and this was the frontispiece of the original Dracula novel. Uh, God damn it. So I had seen it. (sighs) Oh, well, I won the other one on pneumonia. So I, I, I remember losing a... Uh, losing a spelling bee on chimneys. Did you do like an IES? IES, I think, yeah. And uh, and then Breath. another one on aggression, because I just missed one of the double letters. That was also in sixth grade. I don't I don't remember ever doing it. Like I remember winning every spelling bee until like sixth grade and losing every spelling bee for like a year <laughs> and then never doing another spelling bee. Yeah, I don't think we would. I think now it's become like playing Scrabble with people who know all the two-letter combinations. Yeah. Where you're just like, the casual kid who reads a lot is not going to win a spelling bee now because of the inflationary tactics. Yeah. No, and I mean, people just who just devote their lives thing. to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 54, are you a good cook? I would not say that I am a good... I know how to make a handful of things and I can, I can execute them consistently and well. Scully's a good cook. I can make things that people like to eat. Sure. Yeah. But you actually, like, cook stuff for your family. Yeah. Like, and I, and I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure I could... I'm sure I could pull some of that out of myself if there was ever an opportunity, you know? But it's just... It's, it's always just so much easier for me to, like, eat almost every meal at a restaurant. Right. Like, most of my... Most of my... When I cook for myself... It is almost exclusively just assembling things rather than cooking things. Like, I, you know, I make a real good salad. I can make a pretty good sandwich. I've heard you toss a good salad. Yeah, I do toss a good salad. 55. Do you know how to check the oil, check the tire pressure, etc. on your car yourself? Sure. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't check my oil because the guy at the dealership was basically like, you don't really need to check the oil. He's like, the, the way that the things are, like by the time like the light will come on before it's dangerous to the car um 
But I could check the oil. I know how checking oil works, and I could find the dipstick if I open the hood of my car. Yeah. Can you change oil? Yeah, I used to. Um, my own my my car now. It's a hassle to get to all the pieces, and I just was like, you know what? I I don't actually take any pride in my ability to deal with this myself. Right. Like I would rather just take it somewhere. Yeah, my dad used to spend afternoons changing the oil in in all of our cars. Like when my mom and my dad and me and my sister all had cars. And then, like, so when I grew up, I learned that oil changes were like twenty bucks, and you only did them a couple times a year, and decided I would never do that. Yeah, I mean, my dad did it too, and he derived a measure of of fulfillment from doing it that I never had. Yeah, I mean, if it's something that's kind of zen-like to do and you take pride in it, then sure. You know, but I replaced an alternator in my car once. Not in, not in my current car, but in, in a previous car. Like, I, it became clear that the alternator was bad, and so I just went and bought a new alternator and put it in. And mm-hmm. that was pretty satisfying. The, every car that I inherited from my dad, which he would he would drive things until they were too old for a normal person to own, and he would just maintain them. And after they were too old for him to deal with, he would give them to me to just drive until they quit. And so every time I got a car, it came with a Chilton manual. So, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, sure. All right, so this is where... So this is how you change this thing. Like, you know, and I replaced belts and whatever. Like in, yeah. in the cars that I drove for a long time that consistently had stuff going wrong with them, I was it was you know, I was more where I could fix them. You know, replace batteries when they went. Riff replaced a, his own battery in his car the other day. That was surprising. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I've not really done any work on my own car. I do uh I I, I lost so many tires just from because my car has those stupid low profile tires that it's impossible to tell when they're low. Right. And so like, you know, just like the the distance between low the distance between noticeably low and flat is like one night parked in the garage yeah. um, but i bought i bought an air compressor and a little gauge from amazon and uh yeah and now i just you know i'm beginning to understand like how my like maybe some minor measure of the satisfaction that my dad derived from doing that because it's like you know i go and once a month I like just air up all the tires in my car and my girlfriend's car and our bicycles. And then it's just a thing. It's like, you know, I know, I know that I don't have to worry about this because it wasn't that long ago that I did this. Right. Right. You know, and it's great. Save a little bit of money on tires, I guess. Uh, 56. If you could meet any one person from history, who would it be? Benjamin Franklin. Is that similar to if you could reanimate any person in history? Yeah, did we do that? Uh, I think I, said, I also said Benjamin Franklin for that. Yeah, I'm not going to say Freddie Mercury again. Uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, that's a good... Though not for the reason that most people would. I just kind of want to see if it was all true or not, for sure. Um, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point that, uh, you know, I'm kind of an atheist at this point, but I still, you know, in the back of my mind, wouldn't mind meeting Jesus, hanging out, seeing how the whole resurrection thing happened are, or didn't. Are they, are they, are we convinced that there was a Jesus? Like that there was someone named Jesus Christ? Pretty, pretty much so, yeah. Okay. 
because it's like the only dudes whose names I know from that period of time are I, I mean I guess I believe there was a Julius Caesar right and the sources are very right. similar and there were definitely forces at work using that dude's name yeah. if you could meet any one living person who would it be uh, again I'm going to have to say Paul Rudd <laughs> I thought you were going to say again I'm going to have to say Benjamin Franklin yeah, all right a zombie Benjamin Franklin <laughs> Uh, many of them I have met. I don't know. I think I've met enough celebrities or near celebrities to get over the, like, this is a super special, amazing thing, and to have it just be, I bet that's a person that would be interesting to hang out with for a while. It's like, Neil deGrasse Tyson would be interesting to have dinner with. Yeah. He seems to just say clever things. No, Bill Nye the Science Guy is apparently a dick, but in a funny way. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, it would probably be, for me, it would probably end up being somebody like, uh, like a Neil Gaiman or a Terry Pratchett. Like, Terry Pratchett ten years ago. That's the living person I want Neil, I, th- I feel like it is not at all outside the realm of possibility that you will meet Neil Gaiman. I mean, I've met him a couple of times, but in the context of being in a line full of people signing things. Oh, okay. Well, I, so, I mean in a, in a real context. Like, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem so out of line with what yeah. might happen. One of our good friends babysat for his kids for a long time, and so just regularly hangs out with them. Hey, you could so. hang out with Amanda Palmer. Well, <laughs> could happen. Boy. Two-headed boy. This, uh, Jesus. Somebody that I follow on Twitter retweeted Somebody imitating Neil Gaiman. No, I think it's um, no, it's quite it's it, it's quite good. It's good. It's catchy. It's good. It's just like <laughs> it was the meanest thing. Like just ah, uh, I felt it. It was it was like heartbreaking to read because it was so mean and so. Like, I have to believe so, just totally on the nose. Huh. Yeah. 58, have you ever had to wear a uniform to school? No. No. Yeah, we're we're public school chodes all the way. (laughs) Go chodes! Ah, the fighting chodes. Uh, Old Prescott High School. 59, what's under your bed? I do not... Nothing of mine is under my bed. There is some of my girlfriend's stuff under my... There's a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, a completed jigsaw puzzle under the bed. Is it a jigsaw puzzle of the character Jigsaw from the movie Saw? Ah, oh, man. Wouldn't that be... Wouldn't that be uh, meta? If it was just a jigsaw puzzle with Jigsaw and Ludacris on it? Uh, why... Oh, Ludacris? Because I heard you like jigsaw, so we put jigsaw on your jigsaw. Oh, okay. I yeah, I forget that. I forget that that's ludicrous. That's that. Right. I don't think there's anything under my bed, but uh, like dust bunnies and maybe a dog toy. My cat hangs out under there sometimes. Uh-huh. Sixty. Do you believe in love at first sight? In that. <sighs> backed up against a wall I am not sure that I would say that I believe in love at all as the construct as typically described but do you believe in life after love after love after After love love. 
interesting. I I believe that there are people. So like, the first time that I met my wife, I fell head over heels in love with her, and then we got married and we had a you know an awesome time. But there are dozens of girls before her that I've met and fallen head over heels in love with at first sight, and then nothing happened because we were cripplingly incompatible. And so, eh, like, based on my sample set, sure, if the person who is right for you happens to be one of the many that you throw your love at, yeah. But yeah, not in not in the traditional sense now. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah. I I don't think I really want to talk about this cuz it's just going to make everybody sad. <clears throat> like I You think that love is a myth like the female orgasm? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, there is there is definitely like a I can identify instincts that have that have developed in me over time that are I think what people would call love but like I have them for Roy as much as my mom as much as any girl that I've ever been in a relationship with you know like it, it's I, I don't know that I've ever been able to separate romantic feelings specifically about a girl, specifically a girl that I am, you know, that I have a chance of sleeping with as anything other than than just, like, the same as friendship with anybody except that you also want to fuck them. Huh. You know, I mean, like, I just, I don't think that there is some magical state that is applied to my girlfriend and not somebody else. You know, I mean, there are there are behavioral patterns, I guess, that are... Yeah, yeah see, this is what I'm saying. I shouldn't have started talking about this. Like, there are people... I kind of see what you're who I would be real, for. real, real sad if they died. Right? right, and then there are people who I would be sad if they died, and then almost everyone on Earth, I, I wouldn't know if they died, right? And sure. so, you could probably draw a line somewhere on that scale, and say that beyond that line is love for somebody, uh-huh. you know. But it's but it's not like, you know, I I, I think that I would be more akin to. I would be more likely to say there is a spectrum of emotions that you could describe, and there is a spectrum of of attachments that you could describe the way the Greeks divided love up, right? Right. There's there's brotherly right. love. There's there's sexual love. There's like I don't know, I don't even know what the other ones are. Is one of them Namaste? Uh, no. I think, <laughs> I think that's a different thing. Uh, agape is the like. The love that God has for you, that like the unconditional love, the four loves: storge, affection, filio, friendship, eros, romance, agape, unconditional love. 
I mean, I think it's it's just it, the idea that there is some that there is some specifically defined thing that I feel for my mother and my wife and my daughter. It, it, like, no, those are different things, right? Yeah, and there doesn't yeah. like uh, it, it's they're they're all called love as a shorthand, but like the love that people write poems about, I just don't know that I believe that that's a thing. Yeah, most languages have the decency to have a a couple of different words for it, yeah. Like, Spanish has the amar and querer for the, like, love versus desire. Okay. An, argu- an argument that is, like, based in reason and what's gonna happen, and then the counter-argument being, but love! Like, no... You know, that's just not a thing. Romantic at all. We we don't like each other. No, but we love each other, so we should stay together. Yeah, but we don't like each other, so we're going to be super fucking unhappy if we stay together. But we love each other. Yeah, but... You know, like that. That kind of argument. Yeah. Like, you got to deliver something more than just that. Yeah, you know, I, I get what you're saying, and I think it's... It's one of those things where the way that you the way that you would explain it to someone would make them lunge at you in a way that somebody wouldn't if they sat down and thought about what you were saying. Yeah. So no, I, I don't think that what you're saying is a horrible thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that I'm a horrible person, so I can't think that what I believe is a horrible belief, but except about the Jews. <laughs> uh, six you know, it is a it is amazing, by the way. <clears throat> How often on Horror Show Hot Dog I come, I say things that just sound incredibly racist out of context. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you and I, we are uh, <laughs> yeah. Vanguard, Vanguard of another age. Eh, man, the, the Vanguard in the rear, right? That's where the Vanguard is. Uh, yeah. What do you call the guard? The Vanguard in the front. The avant-garde. Oh. Wait, really? Wait, is that the same thing? <laughs> I don't know. It sounded pretty good. You would have totally been able to convince me that it was. I mean, like, avant-garde means the guys that are on, out on the on the border, right? On the frontier. Okay. So maybe vanguard is the same thing. It's just from a different route. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Different I, language. I know that we're supposed to be protecting you from your enemies, King, but we've got this whole new definition of what enemy even is. Um, 61, what time do you usually get up? Well, uh, recently, now that I'm back, uh, back in Phoenix and on a, on a regular schedule, I've been waking up either at exactly 7.30, or if I was up late or drank a lot, exactly 9. Uh, first alarm goes off at 6.40, but then we tend to... That's the alarm that, as stupid as this sounds... You turn off that alarm and you're grateful that you don't have to wake up yet, and then you sleep until seven mm-hmm. when the next alarm comes that it comes that off. Doesn't sound dumb like it, that. Like, but it's weird, right? Like, well, why couldn't I just sleep until seven? Because then you don't. You're uh, not but, aware of it. Yeah, like, I want to. I want to know how good I yeah, have it. Sleep that you sleep that you feel like you're stealing is a thousand times more restful than <laughs> sleep that you don't realize that you're having because it's just yeah. Part it, of your it's a. Sleep. It's around seven. <clears throat> These days, the the kiddo's waking up at like six forty-five, but then he will like change out of his pajamas and 
play with Legos until 7.30, which is tight. <laughs> so you get... And we lived through a... He gets down the stairs on his own? He's still on the main floor. Mm. His bedroom is right outside of our door. Oh, does he have different Legos than the ones that I'm thinking of? Uh, yeah, he's got... The Duplos are downstairs, ah, but the Legos gotcha. are, are in his room. Okay. I don't think I would want him, like, going down to the basement before we were awake. Do you keep the door for closed some reason? where he can't get through it, or...? Yeah, there's still a gate up, but hmm. if we told him not to, there's a decent chance he wouldn't. Sure. Uh, 62, do you have a pet? Yeah, I have one cat. I feel like this exact... A lot of these are duplicates. Yeah. You have a tiny cat named Data. I have a dog named Remy and a cat named Cricket and a cat named Zool. 63, do you like having plants in your apartment or house? No, because I cannot keep a house plant alive. I think any plant in our house needs to pull some weight. Like, no fucking flowers or ferns or ivies. That so we will we usually have a windowsill full of herbs in the summer. Okay, and we have a bamboo plant from IKEA that made it through a couple of moves and still hasn't died. Ooh. So that's just kind of and it's like eight feet long now, and just kind of grew, is growing in weird directions. So that that thing's still there. But you don't think of providing yeah, the about oxygen it. that you need to live as pulling its weight. Well, no, because like the atmosphere is getting that done. Oh, the atmosphere. It's, is. Not, it's not like my house is going to be a vacuum unless I have a bunch of plants in it. Well, okay. Uh, 64, what will be the next venue you are going to attend? I'm not... Probably a movie theater, if that counts. Right. I have my uh, my entertainment planned out for the next couple of months, like all of the evenings out. Hmm. Because we have tickets on May 3rd for Wits, which is that, like, yeah. hipster prairie home companion with, uh, this one's with Patton Oswalt. Oh, good. So that should be awesome. And then uh, Roger Klein's coming on May 15th, and they might be Giants on June 1st. Mm. So at least for a while, that's what we'll be doing. So the next <coughs> one will be Wits at the Wits at the Fitzgerald. I When I see live music, it tends to be... Uh, either some random local band that I go see uh, because they're either associated with Black Carl or with uh, Aaron from the Mini Bosses. You know, he'll say like, oh, there's this band that I like that's playing at some place, and if it's a night that I wanted to go out drinking anyway, I will go drink there. Hmm. Um, but, eh, it's less and less. I like to stay home at night because I'm old as shit. Word, son. Uh, 65, how are you feeling right now? Uh, good. Yeah, I'm like three quarters of the way through a, a pretty pleasant saison, so I'm feeling good. I'm uh, I'm three quarters of the way through a big bottle of uh, Anchorage Brewing Company Galaxy White IPA, which I I got. Mm. I went to the I went to the liquor store to get my CO2 tank for my fizzy water refilled, and while I was there, he was like, "You mind if I throw this in the freezer for a while? It'll fill better." I'm like, "Sure." I guess that means I'll wander around this store and decide to buy some beer. So I did, and it's pretty good. It says it's bottled it with good. Brett. I think Brett is a guy. His face is on this bottle. Yeah. Oh. Um, I am excited about uh, going to dinner uh, with my mom right after the show. And then I am excited about uh, right after dinner with my mom going and picking up my girlfriend when she gets back into town. 
Nice. But I'm excited in two very, very different ways, and it would be weird to use the same word to describe both of those excitements. You make a valid point. <clears throat> How are you feeling? You, you already answered. Feel all right? Mm. Yeah, feel good. It's great. 66, what do you think about the most? Video games? Uh... Probably how much money is in the bank account and which bills are coming out next. Wow, really? Yeah, because like, it doesn't matter. It's no longer the case as it was for the first, say, 25 years of my life that I'm just about to be catastrophically fucked out of everything. Mm -hmm. But it's still always in the back of my mind. Yeah, I guess I can see that. I mean, I, I you know... Video games encompasses all manner of things at this point, right? A lot of, I mean, I, you know, I do spend a lot of time worrying about having gotten myself into a situation where if I am not successful in business, I have to like abandon all my friends. <laughs> and I know that that's not really true, right? No, I would still hang with you if you, if the company went out of business. Yeah. Um, but but it's a th you know I would feel if if I, I if I fail at what I am doing with my life which I mean I eventually will right you either fail or you just decide to stop doing it like I'm failing not only me but everyone that I like hmm yeah, that sucks or love sure oh. yeah which one of the, one of the two uh, sixty seven do you like to sing. You know, I do like I to. Love I do like to sing, but I don't. I like to sing by myself, and I never really do it anymore. I used to. I used to drive around and sing along with whatever music I was listening to. But now, when I'm listening to stuff, it's podcasts and not music, like ever. Yeah. See, so many people I know have gone that route, and I'm. I'm not ready to. Like, I can kind of feel why that happens. Where it's like, well, why would I want to listen to? songs that I've heard a dozen times instead of something new and interesting that Chris Hardwick is saying. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, no, I, I gotta keep the music in my life a little bit. Yeah, I feel... You know, when I am... When I am drunk and... my id is in charge of the sounds that come out of my phone, it is often music and not podcasts. You know, but it's but it's the it's the same music. Although that's you know, I've discovered some new stuff in the last few years, so I feel like I'm not entirely I'm not entirely done with music. Right on. Um, Sixty-eight. What do you do most when you are bored? You know, until until that February where I didn't drink. It. I would have honestly been able to tell you that it had been years since I was bored. Hmm. Um, dick around on the internet. Based <coughs> on that February. Well, yeah. I, yeah. These days it's going through like the third uh, Plants vs. Zombies. Because they have like the New Game Plus thing going on pretty well. Is there a third? So. No, I mean, you get my third time through. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I'm trying to make enough money to buy all the plants. Mm. I ended up getting the gold 
trophy for having done everything when it first came out, like when I was in New mm. York. And uh, and then I played through the campaign again on the on my phone one year in San Francisco, but they hadn't added all of the ancillary stuff to the phone version yet, and so I was just like, yeah. hey, I'm done with this. And then that's a fucking good game. Yeah, I played it on the computer when it came out, and then downloaded it. It was part of the Humble Bundle that just went, hmm. just... And so... And it ended up being the only one that was worth anything out of that bundle, so... <clears throat> I'm glad that it was in there. What else was in it? Um, so it was the Humble Android Bundle. It was a game that downloaded an update, and then crashed every time I tried to open it. And another game that was the graphics would go all weird and like psychedelic cycling through colors. And since it was a game where you were supposed to identify things by their color, it was unplayable. Mm-hmm. So I think it said a lot about ran- about Android. <clears throat> oh man, the room is in it though. If you paid more than five dollars and sixty, the room fuck is the room. seriously. Oh, I fucking yeah. loved that. There are a couple more that I haven't even downloaded because they didn't look like something I would be into. You didn't, but you did, like, did you play the room and not like it? I think I did for a little bit. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Because I was super, super into that. Hmm. Maybe I'll fuck with it. Yeah, again, I mean, but, that's just it's but, exactly the kind of thing that I like. Yeah. You know, it's like. It's, but having the having the tablet and playing Plants vs Zombies again, it is a completely different game on a touch screen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you have five pointers. You know, and so it's I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was it played completely differently. Um, sixty nine. Do you love your job? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> That's pretty tight. Seventy. What is your favorite programming language? I I don't really think that way about programming languages. PHP is the one that I'm the most comfortable with because I've spent the last ten years dicking around with it. Hmm. Whatever that one that's composed only of spaces. Oh, yeah. Yes. 71, what is your favorite video game? I have a really hard time answering that question. I don't. Pilot Wing 64. Mm, okay. I really liked Ocarina of Time in its time. You know, I... Binding of Isaac is probably the thing that I have liked the most in the last three or four years. You know, it. My relationship with video games is too complicated for that to be a meaningful question. Seventy-two. What did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to make video games. I wanted to be an astronaut until I found out it involved math. Also, you wear glasses. I think so. You can't be an astronaut. That's probably not. I didn't back in the day, though. Oh, okay. Seventy-three. Do you have siblings? I do not. Mr. Skullhead does. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have a uh, younger sister and an older sister. Younger sister is six, seven years younger, and older sister is two years older. Both of them, uh, Zach wanted to bone at various parts of his life. Sure. Sure. Well, yeah, like when my older sister was 17, you wanted to get with her, and when my younger sister was 17, you wanted to get with her. I don't remember actually spending a lot of time thinking about wanting to get with either of your sisters. I mostly was interested in them as tools for humiliating you. (laughs) Right. As most of the world. Sure. 
Uh, 74, if you could have any job, what would you want to do slash be? I, like, I already have the job that I want. Yeah, and I hope you all understand that I'm not insulting you when I say it would be this job only with 10 times the salary. Yeah. Because you might as well, yeah. you know. 75, which came first, the chicken or the egg? I came first on your mom's tits. Not not uh, you, Mr. Skullhead. On, who is this? Mr. Crack? Mr. Crack. Yeah, his mom I is solid, you meant just like the... solid German stock. <laughs> it's a, What kind of soup do you make out of German stock? <laughs> um, I forget the German word for egg. Eier? Eier droppen super. <laughs> How many, uh, number 76, how many keys are on your key ring? Three. I have, uh, you have three? What's the third, the three? Uh, car house office. My car key is one of those, like, the fob things. Like, there is no actual key for my car. It's that big square thing that you shove into a big square hole on the dash. So I'm not counting that one. So I have a, uh, a garage key, a house key that is shaped like a skull, at least the top of it, not the key part. And a bottle opener. Mm, okay, I carry which is like a bottle key. I carry a Leatherman, uh, a Leatherman Wave. I think it's a Leatherman Wave. No, Juice Two, Leatherman Juice Two, uh, which takes care of all of my bottle opener needs. Gotcha. Juice S Two. Uh, let's see. Seventy-seven. Where would you want to live when you retire? Um. So what I kind of want is, I want, I would live in a single room that had one door that opened into any city, right? Like one door that I could go out and walk to a place and get a cup of coffee and a bagel, and then another door that opened into just a deep, deep deciduous forest. Hmm. So I basically, like, I want to live in a... I want to retire in a tesseract of some sort. I get that. I could I think I could be happy with my house in Minneapolis and a condo or house or something on like either the beach in Rocky Point or somewhere in Southern California. Yeah. You you're yeah. a beach guy. I am a beach <clears throat> guy. You're a beach guy except you don't like sand and you don't like the ocean. Yeah, there are various things about the beach that I like but none of them are the sand or the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you like uh, women in bikinis? Yeah, I do like that. Although you never... like a kind of volleyball? Fucking, I've never again. once been on a beach and seen a girl in a bikini that was as attractive as the least attractive girl in a bikini that I've ever seen in, like, a magazine. So, mm. it's like... See, to me, it's like... She may not be the hottest girl in a bikini ever, but she's the hottest girl in a bikini on this beach. Yeah. I don't know. I, I take uh, the location into into account. Well, I'm not saying that they're not fine ladies, you know. I'm not saying that they have no reason to exist. I'm just saying that, like, that's not where I go for abstract titillation. Right. You know? Because um, so what happens if I get a boner? I'm in I'm in a speedo, and people will see my enormous boner. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is that uh, I know you hate the beach, but you're ruining it for everybody. Yeah. In your speedo and your enormous boner, how are the rest of us supposed to compete? Seventy-eight. What kind of car do you drive? 
Uh, I drive a 2005 Lexus IS 300. I drive a 2008 Toyota Prius. Did you not get a new car recently? No, we kind of decided to let it ride. You were in the middle of get- I thought you uh-huh. were you were thinking about getting a new car. We were thinking about it and then I decided to start paying my student loan back student loans back instead. Oh man. I'm really proud of you and right now. Yeah, I'm proud of me too, but you still got a shitty car that being smells a grown like up, gross yeah. milk. Being a grown-up sucks. <laughs> uh, the, the, the smell has faded somewhat, oh, is, but it is still mystery smell of doom, and we have no idea what the fuck. That sucks, man. <laughs> um, but I wasn't sure. Do you, do you guys have multiple cars now? No, we're no. just doing the okay. one. I mean, it's she just now has a job where it's in the same place every day, and it's a place that's not very far from our oh, house. Right and Ollie's preschool is no longer like 15 miles away it's 3 miles away so having me doing all the driving doesn't really it's not really a thing that's good that's that's and that I, is a I have to do all the driving because I'm because the, the man yeah of course uh, I, I'm a man with motion sickness 79 what are your best characteristics um you should ask what our worst characteristics are so we could say sometimes I am a little too intense and I work a little too hard. Oh yeah. Because that's what you say when you get asked that question. You know, I think that is in an interview. Of a bad quality in me though. Yeah, a little too intense. I am um, yeah, maybe. I don't know, lo- loyalty? Like I think I think loyalty is a yeah. good characteristic of me. I think mine is the ability to change my mind given contradictory evidence. Mm, okay. Um, I pride myself on what seems to me like a fairly well-developed sense of objectivity, but I could just be kidding myself. Right. Everybody might feel that way. <laughs> um, 80, if you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would you go? I reject this question on principle because like if you are a responsible grown up who is employed you totally can go anywhere in the world on vacation that you want to go like you might not be able to take vacations as often as you want to but like either either one of us you or me Mr. Skullhead we could go anywhere in the world on vacation that we wanted Sure. Like, sure. we'd save some money for a little while, figure out how to go to that place without it costing a fortune. And, I mean, like, I always imagined growing up that, that like, flying to Europe would be prohibitively expensive. That it would cost thousands and thousands of dollars to fly to Europe. Because it was a thing that's like, wow, nobody in my family's ever been to Europe. Like, it, that's crazy. That's a crazy thing for crazy rich people. And then I remember when I went to buy our tickets to London, and it was like, Six hundred? But seriously, it costs fucking six hundred dollars. Why? Why doesn't everybody fucking do this? Right. Like, and and I don't know if it's just because there's this pervasive idea that it is too expensive, or you know, I mean, maybe maybe six hundred dollars on a plane ticket is too expensive, right? Like, maybe six hundred dollars is your whole budget for a vacation. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the kind of poor that my parents were which is like we would be stretching it to go drive in the car to visit our relatives and call that a vacation 
then yeah, you're you're not gonna yeah, especially with two kids, <clears throat> you know, you're not gonna buy, you're not gonna spend twenty four hundred dollars on your tickets. I mean, I remember my dad. One of the vacations that we went on for a week, my dad went to the bank and withdrew seven hundred dollars, and that was the budget for the vacation. And that was that was like one of the first things that I ever encountered where I was like, okay, well, this is a thing that we're doing, and I can see when dad pulls out money and pays for things, and I'm like, now I am on the ball enough to understand, like, all right, well, this is why, like, because we are staying in a $30 a night shitty hotel, we can eat better food. Right. You know, we can... We can afford to go do something that is actually enjoyable, and who cares if the motel room smells bad? Like, a motel room that costs twice as much of this as this would also probably smell bad, and whatever. Like, we're spending money on the important things because money is a thing. Like, it's a finite yeah, resource. And seven and seven hundred yeah. bucks for a week's vacation, you know, but. Dad liked to do that pretty frequently, like more than once a mm. year. So if if Dad had really wanted our family vacation to be in England, we could have not gone on any vacations and saved up money for three vacations worth of time, which would have been, you know, a year and a half, and we could have gone to England. Yeah. Like, my dad just was never interested in going anywhere that he wasn't driving. It was like, mm. like we never went to New York. We went to San Francisco once when I was a kid, but only only drove through and then stayed, you know, somewhere else. Like we didn't like I think my dad would have hated the idea of the way that I travel, which is just to go sort of be somewhere with no car, figure out how to use public transit. You know, he would have he would have felt like that was just a sort of a crippling sacrifice of his autonomy. Hmm. You know, because, I mean, he was invested in car culture in a way that I never was. Like, I yeah. tolerate it because I don't have a choice. But yeah, I would much rather be like writing Marta or Bart or the Tube. Yep. I, uh, if I get a vacation anywhere in the world and I plan to in the reasonably near future uh italy or greece i've not been to greece or, uh, you know i was i was one of those places where the history comes from i was told that i would really like greece i did not have a super I, good experience in italy like i feel like italy to me was your paris i uh, loved paris and you were like man everybody there just fucks you out of money and in Italy, we literally just got, like, fucked out of, like, 60 bucks by a cab driver as soon as we got yeah. there. Like, it just... I mean, our experience in Paris was really great, and as I've gotten more distance from the decole at the hotel, mm -hmm. and thinking how I would handle that now, which is, oh, well, let's put that $130 you're charging us for your continental breakfast on the credit card and just fucking go and do stuff and have fun. Yeah. That I realized that you know I, I gave Paris a bad rap. I would actually like to go back to Paris in a in a not winter time, mm -hmm. and actually get get around and get into it. But Italy is there's so much beautiful art in Italy that I want to see. 
So. You know, and I do have to say that, like, going to Rome, and, like, the Colosseum, I was not expecting anything, and it was fucking amazing. Uh-huh. Like, it is, there is way more to it than you expect. Fr- oh, is there? I'm seeing pictures of it. Yeah. No, it is cool as hell. I Like, I did it just because, like, well, we're here, we gotta do it, but I'm like, damn, I wish I had, I wish I had blocked off more time for this. Yeah, hmm. no, it was. It, it's really, it is really complicated on the inside. Like the the geometry of it is. It, there's way more to it than you'd think. Because you think, oh, it's just that wall in a circle. But like, nope. It's like Ooh. this is a crazy thousands of years old maze. It's great. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, like, if I could just snap my fingers and be somewhere, I, it would vary from moment to moment where I would want to be. Like Paris is really fucking mm. cool. I um I kind of want to go to a brewery that made this beer that I had one bottle of once that was really good that I've never been able to find anywhere else which is in the Netherlands. Cuz I was looking <laughs> at their website yesterday and I was like, "Wow, that looks really cool." It's like it's a brewery that's situated inside like a 600-year-old windmill. Neat. Like 5 400-year-old windmill. I don't even know, man. Or two 250-year-old windmills? Yes, probably, yes. 81, what is your favorite time of the day? Shit, I don't know, man. Right after I put my son to bed. Oh, huh. Which sounds horrible, but it just means that that's the beginning of the time where there's probably going to be two out of three of dessert movie, video games, sex. Two out of the three of those four things. Exactly. Okay. Amongst our weaponry on. No, I mean I guess I guess that that's the time when your when your time becomes yours. Yeah, like during the day when he's at day at preschool, my time is mine, but it's just me. Yeah. This is the time that I get to have with my wife and we don't have to be mom and dad. Yeah, and I mean, also, the time that you spend working is time that is not yours in the way that the time that I spend working is mine. Right, because, I mean, well, then, no. it's, not, it, it's, not that, it's not that cut and dry. It's not like you, uh, you know, you're suffering at the hands of your asshole boss, but it is, I, I do think it is slightly different. Just like the, the, the mouthfeel of that time. No, I always enjoy working but I also you know more than that I enjoy the like I have zero responsibilities at this moment and I will either be eating ice cream or having sex or possibly doing both right like eating eating no, it's ice hard cream to beat that off of a boob yeah hard to beat that eating ice cream during a haboob <clears throat> ah man your ice cream will get all dirty 82 <sighs> where did you grow up I grew up um as a child I grew up in southern Illinois uh as a as a teenager, I grew up in northern Arizona, and uh, really, as an adult, I grew up in uh, northern Illinois while I was in college, and then back in northern Arizona. That's when you became a man. I uh, I grew up in Prescott from like seven to seventeen, which was the the formative years. I kind of feel like, and then. Uh, I don't know. I got stomped by life in California, in Los Angeles. So that probably would be when I became a man. I probably didn't really become a man. Prescott is what I think of as my hometown. Yeah, see, I was only in Prescott from... 
Well, I guess I was in Prescott from like 12 to 22 or like 13 to 23. Yeah. So that should have been where I grew up, but I didn't. I wasn't exposed to anything challenging. Uh, 83, how far away from your birthplace do you live now? I think it's like 2,500 miles. I know it's like a 15-hour drive because we're going to do it this summer. Mm-hmm. So, however, you know, 1,500, like eight, yeah, eight, eight, I have no idea. 900 miles, probably. Yeah, something like that. Uh, 84, are you a morning person or a night owl? You know, I used to, I, five years ago I would have said I was a night owl, but I'm beginning to think that maybe I'm a morning person. I can't stay up that late anymore but i still hate getting up early mm, i like getting up i've when i when i get so, to work and it like here lately i've been really enjoying this when i get to work and it's like nine o'clock and i have gotten up and worked out and cleaned up and made breakfast and eaten breakfast and gotten coffee and got into the office and it's still nine o'clock i'm like fuck yeah i am in charge of this fucking day <laughs> sure sure i don't know well, I mean, like, I get up at 7 and get my breakfast, get Ollie's breakfast, get Jess's breakfast so she can have it to go. You know, like, take my shower, get dressed, drive Jess to work, drive Ollie to preschool, and then it's like 9.15. But I still would probably rather have just slept another hour. Yeah. I mean, I guess... And I'll take it and if when I, I had get it. it. Like, on a day when I gotta get up for something external... I would feel the same way. But I think gone are the days, like, on a vacation, like, even when we were at Dragon Con and we stayed up until 2 or 3 in the morning, we would wake up at 7 or 8. Like, gone are the days when we would see 10 o'clock on the clock when we got up in the morning. All right, we got to finish these questions. But yeah, I, I, I am a... Meet my mom. Uh, I am a how many night owl who phone? frequently can't night owl. Infinite number of rings. Yeah. That you know, if they want, if they want me bad enough, they'll email me. Unless it's somebody about your mortgage. Well, sure. uh, what about you? How many rings? Uh, well, I mean, my phone doesn't ring. It plays Doctor <coughs> Who, so I don't know how that translates to rings. Uh, it- Everybody has their own little ringtone now, like. When uh, Kevin calls for the conference call, it plays the Council of Loathing song. Oh, okay. The front lot yeah, did. Yeah, so you know. Yeah. Uh, and when my wife calls, it plays the the bitches back. Okay. And, uh, no, it's a yeah, no. No, it's "Honey, I Love You" by Lionel Richie. Uh, yeah. Eighty-six. What is your best childhood memory? I, you know, my best childhood memory, I think, is the same as my first childhood memory, and it is of going to bed against my will the first time I ever got to play in the snow that I was aware of Mm. and my mom reassuring me that the snow would still be there tomorrow and that I would get to play in it again and Uh just me being able to resign myself to sleep with just like such a profound sense of just reassurance and well-being like oh all right this being a live thing is all right (laughs) Um, you know the weird thing is I usually 
don't have a whole lot of childhood memories on ready access. Like if somebody asked me what like a typical day was like in third grade or anything that happened in third grade, I don't know that I'd be able to tell them until I'd like thought about it for a long time. But uh, when my dad got his doctor of ministry, we went to Disney World because he went to Florida to graduate. So, like, we went to Disney World when I was, like, five. My memory is not of Disney World, though. It's of being of playing in the surf in the Atlantic Ocean. And the waves were just tall enough that as they came at you, if you jumped, you could feel like you were jumping eight feet in the air. You know? Mm-hmm. So that, that would be my best, the best one I can call to mind at the moment. Uh, 87, what are some of the different jobs that you've had in your life? I will just list them all. Uh, Blow, hand. Sure. Uh, Steve. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, uh, I first job was uh, helping you, your, uh, Mr. Skullhead's dad, roof a house. Uh, that, that was just uh. like a, that was a contract gig. <laughs> um, right. And then I, uh, I worked at, I, d- I washed dishes at a barbecue restaurant for a year, and then I worked at a movie theater for a few years. Um, first, uh, just doing, you know, concessions and then being a manager. And then I worked uh, at an internet service provider, fixing computers and going out and installing Netscape on people's computers and teaching them how to use the internet. And then from there, I worked as a database administrator at a flight school. And then I quit that to move to Phoenix. And I worked at Intel uh, as a database programmer. And then I had a succession of student jobs and random bullshit. And I worked at a call center. And then I worked at a uh, uh, doing database programming and then I quit to work on KOL. The end. Excellent. Let me see if I can and do that comprehensive. Uh, spent a summer working at Camp Pine Rock in the kitchen, washing dishes and whatnot. Medina? Uh Yeah. From there to Fry's uh, grocery store for about a month, bagging groceries and rounding up carts and shit. And from there, Peter Piper Pizza, and then working at the library at the community college. Did you work at Wendy's at some point? Uh, yeah, when I got to college. Oh, sorry. And you just I, Yeah. Worked at Wendy's for a little bit, and that sucked, and then got in with Peter Piper there. Uh, then had a, a horrible mistake of trying to do uh, telemarketing for a month and that was shitty uh, Navahopi Tours which was the like sit around and fuck around on the computer all day job and off to California working shitty temp job and then at the tech library at USC as a like fetching carry dude um Back to Phoenix, temp jobs for bullshit for a couple of years, for a year, and then Cigna Healthcare for three years, and then KOL from then on out. Ah. Uh, I thought there would be more in there. You know, yeah. I mean, I think not having a crazy high number of jobs is an indicator that you. Did you ever get fired from a job? I was thinking about this today. No. Yeah, I've never gotten fired from a job either. I broke up with with all of the jobs that I broke up yeah. with. Huh. Have you gotten 
Would you say that you've gotten broken up with in more relationships or that you've broken up with them in more relationships? I've had I had so few relationships is the weird thing. Like when you think about it, I broke up with Chrissy and Marie broke up with me. I broke up with Leah and then she broke up with me. Mm, of course. I, I broke up with Catherine and then Jazz. So I think it's a it's about a break even. What about you? Uh, I I have ended probably nine out of ten relationships. Hmm. That's because you don't believe in love. It is. It is. And I don't know. I just I get the I get the three year itch, and I've had relationships for, for thirty <laughs> years. Um. All right. So ten. Of them. I need to leave if I am to meet my mother for dinner. Oh, look at that. Um. So I, I apologize, but uh, I think this is going to be great. It's going to be a great show. If you send me your waves, friends, Romans, countrymen, Mr. Skullhead, send me your waves. Um, yeah, I guess on Wednesday we'll get through the rest of those hundred questions. That, you know, I think once every five or six years, we can get a hundred questions in a row, and it, uh, it prompts some good show. You know what? Neither... Mr. Crack or Whack did, and for this I applaud them. Neither of them asked boxers or briefs. Ah, yeah, that's true. But boxers. Yeah, good on you, Whack and Mr. Crack. Yeah, still boxer briefs. That shit ain't changing. All right, so we'll say good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy uh, the amazing audio quality of our new format. I hope that there is no hilarious uh, failure that results in this new format actually having real shitty quality. Time will tell. Right. I can tell from uh, just looking at the mic levels that there are going to be a few, like, beer bottle on the table sounds. But uh, I'm going to grab a shock mount for this mic before we do our next show. So it's only going to get better from here. All right. Uh, At least in audio quality. Well, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.